Greetings, Amigops, and Top Tenors everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our lovely co-host. Now, I am very much joined by our lovely co-host this week. He's sitting right next to me. We have spent a lovely weekend at my parents' house in the woods in New Hampshire. We actually just finished recording a podcast with Jerry, which you will hear in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, so Kyle and I are going to be talking about a topic that I actually know what we're talking about this week. We are talking about the Avengers. I think we're going to talk about who won the movie of the latest film, Endgame. We're going to debate this vigorously. We're going to talk about it for a while, hopefully a reasonable amount of time. And then by the end of this, we are going to have a definitive top 10 list of who won Avengers Endgame. Hey, dog, what do we talk? Oh, shit. That's not what I say this time. Kyle, I'm excited to talk about this with you. Yeah, this, well, this is actually kind of fun because we've, we've done the podcast in the same place before, yeah. but always with a guest. So this is, I think, the first time that we've just done one I think you're right. talking to each other, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it'll make the podcast notably different in any way. Yeah. Probably not. Let us know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. So as most everyone knows, yeah. unless you're... Like, actually living under a rock. Yeah, like an actual rock. Even Spongebob, I think, probably saw Avengers. Yeah, so Endgame came out. We saw it. So today is, what? Today's the 5th? Yeah. Of May. Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. That's right. Let's get some margs after this. Yeah. So, So Endgame came out, I think, close to two weeks now. So we're not right on the heels of its release, but I think we're pretty close. Yeah. And uh, just to get right out ahead of it... Mike and I absolutely loved this movie. Yep, As two thumbs I, right up. I haven't really met anyone who didn't. Alex love was it. less positive than expected, but even so, was very much on the positive end of the spectrum. Yeah. So we are going to be gushing about this movie, and yeah. I the way I put this list together was less winners, but just kind of like best performances. Yeah. And from whoever and we're looking a little bit just are we looking a little more meta or are we looking yeah. more in the context of the movie well, i think just generally because this i yeah. think you can view this as kind of like it's kind of a culmination yeah. of and i've leaned closer to like movie spe- this movie yeah. specifically but i think we can wait it's also on. pretty meta actually like yeah the, the movie itself is fairly meta the, something that people have pointed out which i actually liked at the time but now is kind of bothering me was that moment uh we're gonna be spoiling. Spoilers, just FYI, yeah. this is gonna be spoiling. Um, near the end of the film, when all of the female heroes and Avengers like kind of line up for really no reason that has anything to do with the movie. I thought it was cool at the time, but then afterwards, I was like, I read something that was kind of pointing out that it's really self congratulatory for having women in these movies in a way that isn't totally true to what happened. It doesn't really matter. The point is, the movie was self aware enough to be like, hey, look. Over the past 10 years, we've given you all of these female heroes. Like The movie is clearly operating as a film and as a commentary on the films. Yeah. So we, so we don't necessarily have to do the meta versus like textual work. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. So it, we're going to try to keep this one kind of quick. So yeah. I'll just jump into it. Number 10, I've broken a rule a little bit <laughs> in that <laughs> I think they deserve a place on the list. Number 10 is Anthony and Joe Russo. Who, That's fine. I'm with that. Who directed, and we should also probably, I should have looked up who, who wrote it, because, and really it's the... I mean, they the, may have written it. Is that possible? I don't think they did. Okay. I, I'm going to... You you talk, I'll look it up. Yeah, so it, it bears mentioning that the writing in this movie, while 
it's okay. So this is a time travel movie, right? Yes. And but and it's still ridiculous, and it still doesn't make any sense. But the fact that they called it out early and kind of made a joke of it, clever writing, very very clever writing that actually heightened my appreciation. Because as soon as it became clear it was going to be a time travel thing, yep. I kind of groaned. Yep. But it ended up being really great. Your and- defenses go up. You're jaded. You're used to it. You've seen it done poorly. So of course you're like, oh boy. Yeah, but it was funny. They referenced yeah. a bunch of other time travel movies. Like yep. that's not how this works. It also it also kind of made sense, I think. I I, I'm not it. certain, but I actually think that the mechanics that they introduced, while funny, like kind of made sense. I liked it. Yeah. I actually thought the way they explained <laughs> it, I was I liked it a lot. Yeah. So congrats to them for doing that, and congrats to Anthony and Joe Russo from, and everyone involved, really, just for landing this ship that's been gaining in size as it's been flying for over 10 years now. It's, I mean, we've seen it 100 times, and we're seeing it right now now with some other series that we really love how (laughs) how difficult it is to provide a satisfying ending to anything especially when you make the ending matter so much because this is called endgame actually so they're they're telling you this matters also just for reference the writers are christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely that's obviously on top of the writing credits for the comic book creators but they were the writers great job so chris and steve congratulations to them and Anthony and Joe, yeah. and Kevin Feige, and yeah. all of... For having... I, it sounds dumb to refer to this <laughs> as guts, because you're talking about the most valuable, probably the most valuable like oh, creative property on close. Earth. It has taken guts, I think, to manage this the way that they've managed it towards the end of the run. Well, and they've they basically created their own... like They changed the way that movies work. Yeah. Like, the, the concept that you can have... What? Like the continuity, the rules, yeah, like, the rules of continuity, and the rules of what's next, and that's different. It's insane to build contracts, to, even as the yeah. actors. <laughs> well, to tell someone like you kind of need to see like eight movies to see this movie. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. So, congrats. Yeah. Number ten. Kudos. I think they deserved an actual spot. Yeah, I agree. Number nine, I had Clint Barnes, aka Hawkeye. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I didn't realized the movie had started yet was yeah. the very beginning i did not so so i was sitting next to good friend of the pod shelby and she's quite a bit smarter than i am and is good at anticipating what's going to happen yes and was like oh this is about to happen and i didn't see it coming and so i think my experience was probably better than hers because i'm like the dumb guy at the magic show who's like "Ooh, the, the bird disappeared bird! yeah so i was super illusions michael yeah illusions pardon me <laughs> apologies <laughs> to all the magicians out there or illusionists out there pardon me again <laughs> edward norton so yeah illusions that was really really well done and i actually found his journey to be thoughtful and interesting and i think because they just decided that his powers are dumb and just focus on him as a person he's much more of an audience avatar which worked yeah i i like renner a lot yeah and i thought I, I let me be very i know clear. i, I, crapped I know you do too renner is great it's just the character is kind of poopy but the character was great in this because they let renner they gave them work. they gave him the right stuff to do gave him the wrong haircut yeah i didn't, I didn't understand what that was supposed because that was supposed to mean something for me right i guess you know who should have had that haircut who? It was captain marvel because her, his yes. haircut actually looks closer to what she styles in the comics. They got her a little closer. To be fair, they started moving her in that direction. They but did. Yes, but they should have given her that. They should have gone all the way. Yeah. And but anyways, yeah. I Hawkeye like his whole like, "I'm a ninja that kills people" thing yeah. was a fine little detour. It was kind of cool. I, I liked it, yeah. and uh, I thought the the opening scene with his kids and the yeah. picnic was 
an actually extremely compelling. Yeah, and don't forget, I'm, Linda Cardellini is just fantastic. She's you've seen her in a million things, and you've loved her in everything you've seen her in, but you just didn't know it. Never forget that she was Velma in the Scooby Doo live action yep. film. She was on New Girl as Jess's sister. She was in Freaks and Geeks. She's in a bunch of the uh, Seth Rogen kind of movies. She's for, the mom in Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home Two. Yep, she's the star of Grandma's Boy, and she's beautiful among the i'm so incredibly attracted to her she's awesome and she's yeah. great in this scene although yeah. i didn't understand the mayo on the hot dogs thing that's disgusting but that was funny yeah but it was amusing it's just gross <laughs> so that was number nine number eight and it really dismays me to put her this low and i did it intentionally because i think that this character was treated a little unfairly number eight i had black widow mm. I thought that there are a lot of satisfying arcs in this film. Yep. Some really satisfying conclusions. I don't think hers was one of them. I thought that they kind of did her dirty. Like <laughs> They done her dirty, which is interesting because Scarlett Johansson did her as clean as possible. Scarlett Johansson was magnificent in this film, largely because she's a magnificent actress. But she did such a great job with what she was given. Her arc just was a little bit of a bummer. And... It just in it's funny in the article I was reading about like Marvel patting itself on the back for doing such a great job with its female heroes was talking about how Black Widow I actually think this is possible she might have the most appearances I, I actually kind of feel like she probably does with have the her most. I think I think I think Tony Stark yeah. has more but but behind him she's been in almost yeah. every single one of these because she's been in Winter she was in Winter Soldier yeah she was in Iron Man two yeah she might have even been in Iron Man three like she's been yeah. in these movies. A lo- like before Captain America. Was. Yeah, and as we talked about in the preview pod, she was the biggest star basically to sign on, with the possible exception exception of Robert Downey Jr. And so, as we said, spoilers like Tony Stark croaks, and it's as though you know the Lord himself had died, and they kind of just we just kind of move on from Natasha pretty the, quickly. The problem is they kind of wrote themselves into a corner yes. because. With the way the soul stone worked, it always had to be a sacrifice. I I get what they did. And it's fine. Fine. Yeah. And they gave them a job that was well suited to their tasks or their abilities and their... And you had to sacrifice somebody reasonably important to the soul stone because you've set up the soul stone to steal a term from our friends at the ringer who have obviously stolen it from Chekhov. It's... It's Chekhov's soul stone. Like, yeah. somebody important had to die for the soul stone, and having it be her is fine, but the way that they sort of got you there and then took you from there was not satisfying. I didn't... Yeah. I It, it bummed me out. because yeah. I was she was so good. She was incredible. I've loved watching her yeah. this whole time, so it, it was a bummer. I, I, we, can I... Yeah, sorry, you go. We might still get a prequel movie. That That's sure not entirely so. written out, so... We'll I want to point out my favorite... Probably my favorite Natasha scene of the film, and one of my favorite scenes of this whole film was her sitting in the office, the sort of like post-apocalyptic office, when she was eating that peanut butter sandwich. And I think you and I talked about this, like how, I I don't know if this is what the point was, but it was sort of showing like how much she's given up. Like her hair is starting to change color at this point, and she's just eating this peanut butter sandwich. And you know before this, she was eating like lean turkey, and she was having green smoothies, and she's just, like, given up, but she hasn't, and she really conveys those two things and the tension between them so perfectly. Well, and it's clear that in that scene that she's the one that's yeah. holding on to it and holding on to the Avengers, yep. because Tony's doing his thing, yep. Cap is, like, really making a compelling point that we need to kind of move on. That was and, an awesome, <laughs> like, a really affecting, touching scene, and we'll talk, talk about, about it, more. Sure. But she's, like... 
like she's an Avenger, and that's her thing. Like that's her job. She's the at this point, she's the Avenger. And I think that I that's the only thing I didn't like. It just felt like she wasn't like she wasn't put on the same level as like a one A Avenger that she is. Yeah, and that that's all. But like her appearance in the film was great, and especially in that scene. So she was number eight. Number seven, I had Nebula. So yeah, some folks great performance. Some folks were a little irritated by the role that how much screen time Nebula got. The reason this is, is because she has a much larger role in the, in the original Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War series. Mm-hmm. So she's in the, in the actual comics. She actually gets the gauntlet from Thanos. He doesn't expect her to, because she's like kind of in this half dead state mm-hmm. and she ends up wielding the gauntlet and there's a whole separate thing there. And obviously they didn't want to go in that direction, but I think it's part of why, kind of as a nod to that character from the comics, she had such a large role in this. Mm -hmm. And I really liked it. Like, it's a lot of Nebula for someone that's not, like, really in an Avenger, but I I like Karen Gillan, even though she doesn't have, like, a ton of range as this character, but I thought, I was like, how is this going to screw up? And I thought that the way that they did it was cool, and I liked the multiple nebula kind of arc totally agreed i think we might talk about um the difficulties of introducing a character late to the party a little bit later (laughs) and so that is a dangerous move and i didn't know that this character was going to be in this movie really i mean i i've seen her i guess in the just the last one or when did i see her she was in like one trailer yeah so like i knew she was coming but i didn't have any conception that she was going to be so big i haven't read the particular the infinity gauntlet storyline so i i wasn't aware of any of this and at first was like, oh boy, what the hell's going on here? Super into the storyline, really well done. She did a great job and was a very important emotional, like sort of center for a lot of the characters. She brought a lot of people's storylines together in a satisfying way that I liked. And I just thought she was excellent. So yeah, I'm, I thought it was a really pleasant surprise for me. I wasn't waiting for them to screw it up because I didn't have any expectations. And I also wasn't overwhelmed by it. I thought it was tastefully done. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I like that. So that brings us. Oh, we blew right through the not top three. I thought she was seven. What was she? She was seven. Oh, damn it. We keep doing that. I know. You You screwed me up. I know. I, it's yeah. my own fault. All right. Let's do not tops. Let's go back for it. Let's, yeah. let's do it at the same time. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> three, three, two, two one. one. Play that not top. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought we were doing this. I thought we were trying to guess each other's not tops. <laughs> <laughs> Music. Thanks for the music. Um, oh, I thought we were trying to, like, because it was so obvious who the Not Tops were. Oh. Oh, all right. Uh, let's go Star-Lord. It was just, like, absent. Well, okay. <laughs> There's some ways to go with this. Yeah. So, like, there are a lot of characters that just didn't really have much screen time at all. Yeah, so, like, Black Panther just isn't there. So I just didn't, I didn't talk about That's them. Fine. I picked. So I'm I, just still pissed at Star-Lord that I assumed there would be a redemption arc. That's all. I guess Guardians 3 is where we're getting that. Yeah. <laughs> so... So not top threes, just a bummer that, so he could have been in it more and he wasn't. I want as much Korg on the screen as I can possibly get. Yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was bummed that we only got the one scene with him. Agreed. So that's a, a small complaint and hopefully he'll be in Guardians 3. Yeah, probably. It seems like he will be. Yeah, agreed. So that's him. I put Gamora on here because I, I'm unclear about what is going on i don't understand who she is right now whether she knows star lord like what what timeline we're on i don't understand how that how she was arguably 
the second or third most important character in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. And was basically not in this movie. I know she was in it and they yeah. did some stuff with her, but they didn't explain any of it. Well, and it she was had such a big emotional arc in the first part and then just kind of was like, whatever. And it didn't make, I, I thought it was weird that she kind of just like flip flopped on Thanos, even yeah. though we know that's part of her. But arc. it was part that, of her in the first movie in a way that made sense and was explained and the pressure she was under, like she told the love of her life, kill me. Yeah. Like that was a big, important thing. And in the second one, it wasn't treated with the same degree of gravity. Yeah. So I was a little confused by that. Yeah. And then the last one I, I just put on here because because he lost, even though he had a really good performance, Thanos lost. Like he, yeah. he lost. Yeah. So he done screwed up. But I, I, I was really stunned and pleased by how they treated it at the beginning of the movie. It was the coolest thing because then you're like, okay, awesome, reset. What's two the rest and a half movie hours? About? What are we gonna do? And yes, they sort of cop out by bringing him back. Not. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I'm saying I think. They sort of make this big statement, this is not a movie about Thanos, and it's not for the next hour and a half, which was awesome. I heard people complaining about that portion of the movie. Couldn't oh. agree. I could not disagree more strongly. That's the best part of this movie. Clearly. Uh, and then him coming back, it's like a little bit of a softer, like, we still have to give people what they need, blah, blah, blah. But it was. I still thought it was really well done. And I loved how surprised I was when he got his dome lopped off. That was great. Yeah. And I... I, I'm glad that he did end up coming back because one of my favorite bits was Thanos versus Cap, Iron yeah. Man, and Thor. Like, it was really that's well just done. like the that's what the, that's what we're there for. That's like the kids saying versus, right? Yeah. Like Thanos versus these guys. What yeah. would happen? And like those were awesome fight scenes. And yeah, I, and I, we'll talk about a little bit later some of the specifics of the fight scene that make them as awesome as they are yes uh i want to give one other character on the not tops i can feel very strongly she's not going to appear on the tops captain marvel i that was um strange to say the least so the fact that she wasn't in the movie at awesome wasn't shocking because because of where we're sort of at in the series but the thing that i didn't understand is why she was teased so strongly at the end of part one if she really was not that big of a part of the second movie, certainly from an emotional and story point of view, but she also wasn't logistically as big a part of the movie. Like she didn't provide as much of a spark. Like they didn't seem to, in the context of the movie, need her as much as they made it out. Is, am I right? You seem like you got a little look like you kind of disagree. I agree with you hundred percent, but I'm actually, I think that is a credit to the film. Okay, so yes, I agree with that. I think it was the right decision not to just have her be deus ex machina and make the whole movie about her because it wouldn't really have made any sense. The movie was not her movie. I really enjoyed Captain Marvel. We both talked about it. We liked the movie. She's good. Brie Larson is just yeah. you know awesome. And I think she could have been good in this movie, but it wouldn't have been right for her to be good. In the same way that having Michael Scott appear briefly in the finale was the right way to do it. It wasn't his show anymore. You nod to him, but you let other people do the heavy lifting. That was a tasteful example. And I think that they tastefully did this. It's just weird because the first movie sets it up as humanity stands no chance unless Captain Marvel comes back to help us. And she doesn't really. Which is just weird. I think it's important to remember the release schedule because Captain Marvel came out after Infinity War, so yeah. they needed to market that movie. Sure, and I think that's. But they really, really sold us that this is over well, and unless Ant Man and Captain Marvel. And save in the us. trailer, it says like, "What's well, different than last time? Now you have me." 
But I see to me like that's it's just a really I think intentional redirection, and it was great because I was really convinced that she was just it was going to be that movie. I I guess I guess there's an argument that that's the point. Like it depends on how much you trust them. I suppose I should trust them because they did such a nice job. I but it's I wonder whether that's really what they were doing. Like a look over here while we do this. I guess if you take that and if you take that read, then this was well done. That's that's how I see okay. it. You're probably you're probably right to interpret it that way because everything was well planned and intentional. Just it, it was an odd mismatch. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Yeah. So, but I, I in general I agree. Yeah, I did not have her on my list. Uh, okay, we can get back to number six. Number six, I had Pepper Potts. Shocking. <laughs> At first, I thought it was strange. <laughs> yep. That she was given so much screen time, but I think it was actually cool. Yeah. I think we're safe to say this is not a pro Gwyneth Paltrow pod. <laughs> we're we're kind of anti Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm just so she listened to Gwyneth Paltrow on Dak Shepard's podcast, and she had the most glowing things to say about her. Holy mackerel! So okay, I, maybe I'll give her a chance. It's just her body of work, like as a human, to this point is not is not positive for me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know where I fall on Gwyneth Paltrow specifically. Yeah, probably not the point of this podcast. Anyway. I don't. I have a hard time with anyone that is no longer married to Chris Martin. But, yeah, that's a tough thing. But yes, for Pepper Potts, Pepper Potts. I think she had a strong film. Hundred percent. I like I like her as kind of like the moral grounding for Tony. Yep. I liked that she got in her Iron Man suit. It's yep. a nice nod to the comics because in in the comics she has her own very successful run as Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So, or Iron Woman. Yeah. That's not her name in the comics, but I... The Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> no, I... Like I said, I was a little... Like, I kind of groaned. I was yeah. like, how much pepper are we going to get here? And I ended up really enjoying it. And totally. I, I liked how they did it right at the end with Peter and then her. <laughs> Those are the emotional centers of Tony's life at this point. Right. And so... That was great. I, I, yeah. I think that the other thing that's interesting is it's really easy in a film like this, like these great man films, like about a great man, to make it basically a boxing movie where the wife is there to support her man unquestioningly. Like that's a really common trope and there's a lot of movies where that's the way it's done. There are movies that do it better than others, but still it's something we've all seen many times. And I think that these movies have always had to sort of walk that line with the Tony and Pepper relationship because he is this mercurial, difficult guy who prioritizes stuff outside of his family yep. over his family. And that's that's a difficult character to kind of reckon with on screen unless you have a totally understanding, unquestioningly loyal wife, which is not always all that compelling. But I thought that this movie did such a great job of showing how much she gets Tony and who he is without just supporting him unquestioningly. Like she, she pulls him towards the family and pulls him to be a better version of himself, but still at the end of the day pushes him back to being the best version of himself, which is going to help. Like she recognizes that in this situation, the family is not, does not come first. It just doesn't. And that was really cool and really well done. Oh, it's a really difficult decision to make yeah and, and she was presented as the no it, it, it's cool because they were sort of reverse she was the one making the noble sacrifice not him which mm-hmm. is a rare dynamic in that situation and well done agreed yeah yeah number five i had banner slash hulk I, really fantastic movie for him after a really inexplicably 
bad movie that didn't necessarily need to precede this. Well, and because it, it didn't pay off. Like, right. what was the? I'm a little confused why they did that. Yeah, but, they didn't. They certainly didn't need that to get them to the place they were in this film. Right. Right. There was no, like it, they're not. It's not, the two are unrelated. Basically. So, so, so why? And yeah. like, I'm I'm fine. I don't really care about the explanation. I flushed it. it. I don't care. It's like. It moved on. That's fine. Yep. But he was funny. Like insanely funny. That scene in the diner when he's like trying to convince the kids that they actually want uh Ant Man's autograph was just so great. I like that and when he's when they're in when they first get to New York and he's pretending to be the Hulk and he's just like ah, he takes oh, his shirt off and, and he, he takes the car and like gently ah, smashes it on the ground. He kind of throws the <laughs> Oh so funny. It, it was cool to to let them kind of flex with ruffalo i was just gonna say this was the first ruffalo hulk we've had a ruffalo banner the whole time which is great but then once he turns into the hulk he's no longer ruffalo which is is fine i mean that's kind of the character but i think it was cool to see a different take on it where it's the ruffalo hulk too yep and it's just it's cool like that they're they really took advantage of both characters sets of skills because you Mm -hmm. need banner to figure out the time travel yep but you need Hulk to smash still. You absolutely do. <laughs> I thought it was an effective compromise. I thought he actually didn't do that much smashing. Like, yeah. I didn't actually didn't, there wasn't a lot of him in action. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was a solid, solid appearance for him. Mm-hmm. Number four, I had Ant-Man. He's a really important part of this movie. Potentially the most important from a logistical standpoint. Yeah. And just also comic, like he's... I for some reason I have a really hard time separating Paul Rudd from Ant Man. Yeah, like I imagine that Paul Rudd happens to he's be pretty the perfectly cast. He's just funny. Like when he says, uh, he's like, "You're telling me that uh, Back to the Future is bullshit." Like he earnestly believes it. Yeah, and and also like it's cool. It was fun to watch him kind of come back up to speed with what had happened because he'd been gone. Yeah, and the. When he hugs his daughter, that was really earned. Yeah. Like, really earned. You know who I actually am now thinking? So, Paul Rudd is the perfect Ant-Man. But you know who could have been a great Ant-Man? A couple years ago. He's a little too old now. Is George Clooney. I think George Clooney would have been a great Ant-Man. He's so good as funny. Like, George Clooney is so good when he's being funny, George Clooney. He also has sort of, like, the suave thief thing. I feel like I've seen him in a movie where he plays that character once or twice before. Huh. I I don't remember. But he would be great as, like, I actually think he'd be great as Scott Lang. I think he's a little too movie starry, but... Maybe. But but I think you could play him down, because he's done... He's never done dowdy. He can't. He's too good-looking, but I think if you sort of... You, you scruffed him up a little bit. I think he would be really Muss his hair a little. Yeah, because I think they have a sort of a similar appeal. Obviously, one is the sexiest man alive, and one is like our everyman, you know, avatar. But I think that that like mischievous sort of like sly thing that Paul Rudd conveys so nicely is just it's Clooney esque, which is a high compliment. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, no, I thought he was great, and I just enjoyed like they they found cool ways to to implement ant-man into it like they do such they've done such a nice job with his powers yeah like the when the when their avengers place crumbles and he's doing he like flips off a pencil yeah like in the middle of this and then and then when he joins the battle later yep. like the giant man stuff i man they like they can't miss like even the ant is great in this movie yeah so some honorable mentions uh i had loki in here because 
I don't understand how this is going to work. <laughs> I'm very unclear about where he is in time and space. Because if we believe what they told us, all of the alternate timelines that they opened up have been closed because Captain America has gone back and reinserted the stones exactly where they were removed. Which, by the way, I would watch that movie. Yes. <laughs> yep. I'd watch a video of him dancing with Peggy, like, for, for an hour. <laughs> so, by that logic, Loki should never have escaped and that timeline has been kind of closed off. Yep. However, my understanding is that Disney is planning on moving forward with a Loki TV show. Ah. So, Played by Tom Hiddleston? Yes. Really? Yes. Interesting. And I think this is how they're explaining it. They must be paying him some dough. It's Disney. Yeah. So, honorable mentions to him, because it's an avenue for that character to Also, he was good, his... as always. Yeah, for the brief time that he was there, he was great. What yep. does he do? Um... <laughs> It's like, I love how they do this. They, like, went back. And I was worried that this was going to be like, oh, it's Avengers Greatest Hits. I was very worried <laughs> yeah. that that was about what was about to happen. But they, they <laughs> tweaked it enough yeah. and kind of, like, made fun of each one as they went through. Totally. And when that Loki, was a real oh shit moment, though. When you say, you're like, <sighs> oh, no. You're like, you They're had really this. feeling themselves yeah. here. But he, uh, <laughs> Captain America says, I'll go downstairs to redirect rescue efforts. And Loki kind of like turns into, yeah. I'll go downstairs to redirect. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> very funny. Uh, not So not to be confused with the ancient one, I have Tilda Swinton on here. Yeah. Great for you, Tilda Swinton. You go, girl. I'm <laughs> glad that Tilda Swinton was Shave your movie. eyebrows off and just be. I was like really pleasantly surprised to yeah. see her, and I thought that. Still actually, very confused about how she was cast in this role and don't totally understand where she's supposed to be from. That's why it's not the ancient yes. one. Yes. It's Tilda Swinton. I'm just <laughs> glad Tilda was there. She's good. And then Valkyrie. I was glad that they incorporated her into this movie. I wish she had either... I, so I, I kind of wish she had had either a bigger or smaller role. Like, I wish she wasn't there or was a bigger part of the movie, but I get that they couldn't accommodate it all. And in a movie where Black Panther is, like, there for a minute, Valkyrie couldn't get a bigger role. My favorite part of Valkyrie was seeing her in uh, whatever they called it, New um, New Asgard. New Asgard, that was cool. My favorite part was like the dope ass like slow motion her coming ba down. Ba -na -na, -na -na -na. That was great. That was epic, yeah. and I hope we see more of her in this universe yeah. because Tessa Thompson's great. Yep. As Flight of the Valkyries plies, fly, ugh, plays, right? Yeah, very clever. All right, our top three. No the surprises here. Valkyries. Huh? So it were Ride of the Valkyries. I don't know. So, I can't remember which. I think it's Ride. That makes uh, more sense. Yeah. Uh-oh. Maybe they changed it to Flight yeah. for this one. <laughs> Number three was Thor. Yeah. <laughs> I liked what they did. They I think really, they, they had a joke, and they stuck with it. I didn't think they were going to. I, I really they... didn't. I We all agreed that the moment that he picked up Mjolnir, we thought that he was about to chisel his abs. Yeah. Sure didn't. Which I... I liked. And actually, it was actually, as unbelievable as this sounds, a compelling storyline. Yeah. To say, like, here's a guy, and he said it pretty explicitly, I've known what I was supposed to do for thousands of years. I don't anymore. Oh, boy. It's like one of those prompts in writing. It's like, you don't know, you've known what you're supposed to do for a thousand years. You don't any longer. Expand. It's like, oh. That's it. Really interesting. That's a bummer. And you you might for some time, yeah, kind of just drink a lot of beer and play Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, with uh, what was it Nude Man sixty <laughs> nine? <laughs> so funny. So, and then I part of what I actually really liked about it was that they 
like really, really went all in on kind of the the Norse origins of the character, like the way that he braided his beard mm-hmm. and just like the his look. Yeah. Was very because they've modernized the way that mm-hmm. Thor looks in these movies, and it's not necessarily consistent with like yeah. this old, yeah, you know, Scandinavian God sens- sensibilities. But like, I thought he he looked awesome. <laughs> He's great. And the like when he was like dual wielding Mjolnir and his axe, like uh, that was so dope. Also, the scenes with his mom were really heartfelt and interesting, and and kind of like a thoughtful examination of what you're supposed to do when it seems as though things are fated to happen a certain way. Like it's an interesting concept and about responsibility and the great power, great responsibility thing like was actually done pretty, pretty well with him. Yeah. And I think that I was worried cause I was, I, th- I figured they would t- kill his character off because like, yeah. cause like where does Thor go from here? And they gave me the perfect answer and I think it's the right one. Totally. It's, it's instead of just get, it's like, it would have been the gift of mercy to just kill him because then he doesn't have to deal with this, but he's now a wanderer and we, as his friends are left to wonder. I, can't wait. Yeah. Because there's going to be more of him, yeah. I think. And even if I never see him again, I will actually... I, this is, sounds silly, but like when I watch it later, I'm like, huh, I wonder where Thor is. I hope he's okay. I think we're going to have a more... Yeah. I think probably be, have a more concrete answer. I think he's that, just going to be like a big part of Guardians 3. Yeah. I think is the answer. It's a pretty great place for him to be. I they, I think they, they just were like, hey, remember that scene in Infinity War where he was really good with the Guardians? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Which is saying something. Number two was your boy Captain America. Cap was was outstanding in this film, and he was outstanding the whole film. Now, he's only going to be really remembered for the ending, which was insanely satisfying and well done, but he was great this whole movie. If it weren't for the fact that Iron Man is the literal soul of this franchise... And going to be number one shortly. From a from a, a single movie perspective, I yes. think Cap actually might have had a better movie because, for one big reason, well, look at the shit that he does. Yeah, he like wields Mjolnir, which why can he harness the power of lightning? Unclear. He yeah, the lightning was a little bit it, odd. It was a little much. But him him being shown to be worthy, it's like they earned that. I almost, they earned that over the past ten years. They earned that. I almost they cried. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when he like him against him versus Thanos, it was Thanos. Wow! Using his shield and the hammer together was so <laughs> cool. Like from a just like a boyish like yeah. enjoyment of two guys fighting each other. That was probably my favorite one on one battle of the entire. Like if you're gonna show me a bunch of people fighting, you better show me cool people yeah. fighting. And they did a cool thing that I haven't seen before. Speaking of one on one battles, how about Captain America versus Captain America? Yep. <laughs> the the new butt versus the old butt. When he was making fun of himself, yeah. I could do this all day. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, like, it's self-referential it's, and humble and funny. It's just it's smart. And like when they um, I when they, I thought they were gonna recreate the elevator fight scene from Winter Soldier, yeah. I was excited because yeah. I love the fight scene from Winter Soldier. But glad they didn't. The the hail Hydra thing yep. was. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, it was really smart. It's it's another example the the fight and like kind of the joking about it of how you kind of have two paths in a property where you're going to be talking about people in tights fighting. You either take it incredibly seriously and you talk about real world issues in a very serious way and you don't deviate from that, a la the Dark Knight trilogy, or you go silly, you talk about yourself in ways that are funny, you explore serious issues, and then you back off. 
And man, oh man, if you stick the landing on that first thing, great, good for you. If you don't stick the landing, see DC Extended Universe. That is a high risk (laughs) proposition. This is a somewhat lower risk proposition, but incredibly, they've managed to make it just as high reward. I'd argue slightly less high reward, but close. Yeah. So that was that. And then like his his payoff, like, and Jake, where and I were talking about this at work, like it's it's awesome that ultimately. The, the noblest of the Avengers, you could argue, makes a fairly selfish choice. Yep. Right? Yeah. Whereas, arguably, the most self-centered Avenger is the one make, to make the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. And I think it's cool that that's the way they did it. Especially because a big part of this film is about those two characters finally coming to understand each other. Because attention at the center of the last, you know, call it third of the Avengers, you know, the DC Extended Universe has been... These two characters don't get each other. They really don't. They're extremely different. And they do by the end of this because they kind of switch roles a little bit. Right. Which I really, really yeah. enjoyed. Um, and that brings us to Iron Man. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I am Iron Man. I thought, I mean, that was telegraphed. You saw it coming a mile away. It was fantastic. I will admit, I thought they were going to play the song. It was probably the, it was probably the right decision in retrospect not to play the song, because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't really the moment. But it was awesome. That was fantastic. The only quibble I have with I don't know if it's Downey Jr. that decided to do it this way or that if he was directed the first like maybe like half hour of the movie. When okay, he, yes, that was like. It seemed like a little much. I didn't quite get it. So the backstory to Downey Jr., which I'm sure most people know, is that he's a recovering addict. And so he, in some films, is kind of given the occasion to play an addict or a recovering addict. And he's so good at it. He just, he clearly connects with that. He understands the psychology of somebody who has that issue. And so he does a great job with that. I do, however, think that films occasionally overuse that with him in situations where it's not necessary simply because they know they can get that out of him. I didn't totally, the physical part where he looked, the way he looked was strange. I think it made sense because he was malnourished, but like. Sure. I don't know. Why was he malnourished? They were in space for. But but he wasn't really in space all that malnourished looking. Yeah. And then he got And then he got worse. Yeah. That, so I was I was a little bit unclear on why he looked that way when he got home. I, whatever. It's I'm over it. The malnourished part, but the behavior and like the making it seem as though he was on drugs was odd. It I wasn't think, implied in the movie. Like they didn't make it sound like he was on drugs. They just depicted him as though that were the situation. Yeah. The physical depiction was strange. Yeah. The his reaction, I think, actually makes a lot of sense because, like, in Iron Man 3, that's his whole thing. Like, he's got some, like, PTSD from the New York thing. Makes sense. It's very re- very reasonable. Man, yeah, okay, you and, and I were talking about how it would have been if we had been in a combat situation. <laughs> I totally get it. And in this case, like, you just tried and failed to stop yeah. a guy from wiping out half the population of the entire known universe. Tough so, like, beat. Yeah, so, like, sure, you'd be pretty... Yep. And then resigned yourself to dying. Right. Yeah. So, like, I think his reaction makes sense. I just thought it was, like, it was kind of a lie. It was a weird choice just to, to make that. And then the, it kind of, I mean, and then it makes sense. It's five years later, he's come to terms with it. Then, yes. Like, the moment they flash forward, his performance was. And then from then on, it was. 10 out of 10. I also think he probably was perfect for what they told him to do at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it just was an odd thing to tell him to do. That. Totally aside. We're, we're it, done with that part of it. I mean, like, 
It wasn't that. It was more of a Tony Stark thing than it was an Iron Man thing. Because like he's really yeah. not. He's not that important at this he's point. Doing that no, much. He's not contributing all that much to the film. So you know, but just like I don't know how he pulled it off, but like getting all of the the stones out of the gauntlet and yep. making the sacrifice like that, like that was. That was incredible. And it was the right move. It was the right move for those films because Iron Man is the heart and soul of these movies in a way that I didn't understand until this movie. I think if you'd asked me who's the most important Avenger, I'd have probably said, yeah, Iron Man. But I didn't know exactly how much of like the emotional core of these films he is until this movie. And they made very much the proper choice in making that the focus of the film. For sure. So, and... And like, we'll see. I mean, like, clearly they have like a succession plan yeah. for Cap because gave him gave w- yeah. Wilson the shield. So like, that's great. I don't know if they have a, a, quite as a direct plan for how that. I'd works. be okay if they did the Spider Man becomes Iron Man thing. I like. I like the, like, Spider-Man becomes, like, the tech guy. Yeah. Like, the suit guy. Yeah, like, and he wears the iron suit a little bit more as, yeah. like, a little bit of a wink and a nod. Yeah. The other concepts that have been bantied around or that his that pepper in the comic she's done it so like yep i don't think i'd want that yeah give me less gwyneth but, but maybe his daughter some kind of her and then the the naming choice is weird because in the comics morgan stark is like a jealous cousin mm. that repeatedly tries to steal a company oh, from interesting. him but yeah so we'll see I, I don't know i don't know if they necessarily need to replace him i think my favorite idea would be like you suggested yeah with spider-man so We'll see about that. I think that's pretty. Much, we, we didn't. We forgot to talk about the scene with Cap at like the basically an AA meeting. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, we did forget to talk about that. That's. I that think was, it's worth mentioning. It's so important. I think it's also important that he's from New York because it's a clearly, I think, a nine eleven callback a little bit because so much of New York City was just so rocked by nine eleven because it was and the New York like they, there's a lot of I think these movies make a lot of gestures towards like rebuilding after such a catastrophic incident and obviously this movie is less serious than the real world but the point is still the same the point is something traumatic happens and you really are left with one of two choices you either you know you understandably struggle with it for a long time or you decide the only choice I really have here is to move on. And those scenes with Captain talking, Captain America talking to those people, like not as Captain America, but as Steve Rogers, like, what do we do here? What's our plan? And in telling them in incredibly empathetic and sweet language, what a victory it is to have gone on a date, like talking to that guy about going on a date, like yeah, what a victory that was, even though, it didn't go the way he wanted like holy crap what a beautiful thing for a comic book movie to be grappling with like the fact that after something so horrible happens to you you did something normal wow no that's extremely like heroic it's probably like the most heroic thing that he does the whole movie or it's incredibly and that's the most heroic thing that that guy did in the movie yeah and like what a cool thing because there are regular people who have had their lives destroyed. It's not just the Avengers. And they all feel the same kind of guilt and struggle. And for that guy, that was his heroic thing. It wasn't the Infinity Gauntlet. It was just being. Right. So, I mean, overall, like, this movie was all about... It's capping, like, a series of comic book movies. And the last half hour of the movie is a testament to that. It's epic and, you know, it's it's a two-page spread. But I think it's, it's cool that... We can talk about it in this sense too. And yeah, you know. So that was my list. I don't know. 
No. There were a lot of other people that like we could mention, but no one else really had a Nobody huge contributed role in, in the in the way that these characters did, which is which is right. That was the right decision. Again, there's a lot of other characters. Like Black Panther is a great example. Black Panther is the future. He's incredible. The film Black Panther is perhaps the best of the Marvel movies. It's certainly in the conversation. But he's not an Avenger in the same sense that the rest of these characters are. He's like a future Avenger. He will be. He will be. He's not there yet in the movies. And so I'm glad that he, you know, they nod to him and you see him and Shuri and Okoye. But they're the future. They're not the present. And they're certainly not the past. <laughs> and this movie was definitely very retrospective. Yep. In more than one way. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I, the biggest, like, chills moment for me is when Cap is... Like, very much on the... Like, seems like he's going to get his ass kicked by yeah. Thanos towards the end of that fight. Yeah. And he still keeps getting back up. And oh. Wilson says... Oh, my... I just got the chill. On your left. Oh, my God. I, I almost pooped myself. Yeah. Like, I, especially because Winter Soldier is probably our favorite. Yeah. So, like... So, to have that, like, very specific callback and then to have all of that follow, that was perfectly orchestrated. I didn't feel, like, taken advantage of. I just thought nope. that was a really nice... A really perfect way to do it. Totally. So, and what a perfect cap to the series. There you go. That is that. That is our endgame analysis. Yep. It's a, it was, that was a top 10, Kyle. That's right. That was a top, top 10. 10 uh, the top 10 best performances in, in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. No, it was structured as a top 10. Yeah. yeah. I will <laughs> recap that list briefly, and we'll get out of here. Yep. Number Literally, th- we gotta go. Yeah, we, we need to leave. <laughs> Number 10, I had Anthony and Joe Russo and Chris Marcus and... That other guy. Mark McFeely or whoever wrote and directed these movies because it was great. Kudos. Number 9, ya boy Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Number 8, The Black Widow. Number 7, Nebula. Number 6, Pepper Potts. Number 5, Banner slash Hulk. Bulk. Bulk. Oh. Oh. Bulking season, baby. Is anyone... Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm the only one eating. (laughs) (laughs) Number 4, Ant-Man. Wait, the taco. The taco was great. The, the taco, <laughs> he gives the taco to Ant-Man. I would watch, yes. for sure, watch an Ant-Man Hulk buddy movie. Totally. It, we got that idea with Thor, and I think they should do yeah. this now, yeah. Just do Thor. Do Hulk with every other Avenger buddy yeah. movies. Totally. Yeah. I don't hate it. Number three, Thor. Number two. Wait a second. Midnight Run with Hulk and Ant-Man. I would really like that. That would be a great movie. Continue. Number three. Thor, number two, Captain America, and number one, the Iron Man. Yeah, the Iron Man. Damn right. Well, that was wonderful. I would like to see that one again in theaters. I yeah, think. I'm, I'm going to try to get, get there again. For sure. Yeah. All right, you want to talk about some stuff? For the time being, I would mention that Kevin Cloud put together our theme and not top three movies. He did it wrong, but he did a great job. It he was did anyways. nonetheless. He's a, he performs no matter what. Yep. And, of course, our artwork was put together by Erin Sant, and there's more of her stuff to be looked at on Instagram at Sant Design. Damn right. And our social media work is done by the incomparable Caroline Lombranti. Check her out on the old internets. And if you want to check us out on the old internets, you can check out our Instagram, our Twitter. You can check us out on the old emails. All that stuff is top10km. 10 is spelled out. T-E-N. Let us know your thoughts, retweet us, repost us, whatever the hell it's called. If you've got an idea for an episode you want us to do or you want to join, come on. We've got the capability wherever you are, even if you're in Timbuktu, baby. That's the situation. You're listening to us on a podcast app right now, but if you want a different one, Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, wherever the hell you get your podcasts. 
That is that. That's that, baby. That's that's a wrap on many years of wonderful content. Yeah. We're, we're, the show is not ending, to be clear. Yeah, we're going to make more episodes. More than you want. Yeah. Yep. All right. Peace out. Peace.